I'm the Urban Foster Dad, and this is a story time. This just recently happened. We're at the end of February. This happened the first week of February. So I've been telling you guys here in my area, it's like a network of foster parents. We all know each other. Um, We share different stories. Sometimes if a kid can't make it at one of their homes, they will call another foster parent whose structure may be more of what that kid needs. So they'll, you know, say, I will call one of my friends, be like, hey, this is not working with me and this kid. Is it possible that you would take them? So I have a good friend. um, And when I say a good friend, I mean like a we have a business relationship because you can have a business relationship with somebody and still be somewhat good friends, but you met them through your business. So you mainly talk about, you know, the business that you're in. And I've often, you know, I often tell people, you know, foster care is a business. So she had this young man that was there. He was 17. They were having problems with him. He had recorded her and her husband having different conversations. And he took the recording and gave it to his guardian at Lightham. And my friend and the guardian at Lightham, they were bumping heads. They disagreed about the discipline in her home and the structure. So they go to court. And the judge tells the agency that we all work for that he has to be removed from the home immediately. So the weekend just before the that that first weekend in February, um, the placement that they had set up for him, it fell through. So my friend she called me and she said can you please take this boy because he's a he's walking around my home and he's not speaking to me and my husband which i'm trying to understand how you have someone in your home and they're not speaking to you because i'm you know the way i run my home i can tell you i wouldn't put up with that so that the, that was that was like on that Friday, that Saturday and Sunday. That Tuesday was the young man's birthday. And he turned 18 on Tuesday. And because of the issues they were having with him, I agreed to take him on his birthday. And let me tell you, before I get into what happened between me and this young man, the reason why I agreed to take him on his 18th birthday is because here in Virginia, if a kid is underage, that kid can tell you to kiss his butt. That kid can, you know, do certain things in your home and you do not have the right legally to put him out the same day. You have to give them a 30-day notice before he can be removed from your home. But when they're 18, you can call the police And you can have that young man or woman removed 
the same day. The police will come. They will ask the teen, how old are you? They say, if the teen will say, I'm 18. They will say, they won't even give them time to gather their things. They will say, hey, you have to leave right now. They will walk them out to the street and they will tell them, hey, you have to leave. And if you come back to this property, we will come back and arrest you for trespassing. Trespassing. So, I, like I said, I agreed to take him on his birthday, which was after following that weekend. His birthday was that Tuesday. He turned 18. So, you know, she had given me, like I said, a little backstory. So I kind of like knew what I would be dealing with right away because at, you know, 17, you know, turning 18, you should have enough respect for someone who has invited you to live in their home to not to walk around their home ignoring them. Because I can tell you, I don't put up with it. So Tuesday comes, they bring the young man, you know, that first day he's, you know, nice and he's respectful. We sat down. I do my spill of, you know, hey, this is my home. This is what's expected of you. You know, I go over my rules. And, you know, if you go back through any of my uh, podcasts, you will know what my rules are. So I'm not going to go through the rules, but that's what I do. So we didn't have any issues. They had set up transportation for him to go to school the next day. Um, The next day came, which was that Wednesday. He woke up. He left the house. And he did not lock my door and he left my door slightly open, which I'm thinking that, you know, here it is. You're 18. You should have enough sense to know to lock someone's door when you're leaving the home. So, um, the, okay. Yeah. I, while he was at school, I stopped by the local DMV office because I was like, let me get him a driver's ed book. You know, he's 18. The plan is for him to go to independent living. He's supposed to only like stay with me for maybe a month, a month or two at the most, two months at the most, because they're trying to find an independent living facility for him to attend. So, like I said, I stopped by DNV to get him a driver's ed book. And when I got home, you know, waiting for him to get home, he came home around uh, four o'clock that evening. And I said, Hey, you know, you left my door unlocked, you know, make sure you lock the door when you leave the home. And he said, well, I did not know how you wanted me to leave the door. I said, I wanted you to lock it. So I proceeded to hand him the DMV, um, driver's ed book. And I said, Hey, I know, you know what I'm saying? Now you're 18, you know, study the book. And I will take you to, you know, DMV to get your learner's or, you know, um, driver's license. And he had an issue with his Social Security card because he had uh, claimed that my friend, who home he had just moved from, had his Social Security card. But she said she didn't have it. She gave it to him because he had applied for a job. And she said, when you apply for that job, I gave it to you then. So it was some, an issue with his Social Security card. So in meanwhile, I said, go ahead online and get your Social Security card. I said, you're 18. You can sign up for it. It'll be here within 10 days. 
Y'all, he started going off on me right then and there. He said, I'm not going, I'm not getting my social security card because she has it talking about his last foster home and she's going to give it to me. So I'm being calm. I said, you know, I totally understand that. I said, but in the meanwhile, you know, you don't need her. You can go, oh, he, he, he cuts me off and started to tell me how many times I had brought up her name the previous day. And I mean, he was really talking smart to me, standing in my home. And so I'm still trying to remain calm because if you know, if you met me in person, most people think my demeanor is a, you know, I'm, I'm that of a very calm person. And, you know, I, you know, for the past 30 years, I have been working on that and perfecting that. So I'm still trying to remain calm. He's going off on me, telling me I had mentioned her name too many times for him. And then he called me bruh. And, I, you know, I don't allow young men to call me bruh, dude, or anything like that. I'm Mr. Jones to you, and that's how you will address me. And I told him that my name was, you will address me as Mr. Jones. And he told me I, he, I was going to have to give him some time to start doing that because most of the guys my age, he addressed them as bruh. And I told him where I'm from at your age and my age, that is being disrespectful to me. Y'all, he kept snapping and snapping and biting and biting. And I kept trying to hold it and hold it. And I, I'm telling you, if you do this job, at some point, you're going to have to meet disrespect with disrespect. So this went on for about maybe 10 minutes of him snapping on me. And me trying to remain calm. Because like I said, you, you're you not going to live in my home and um, walk past me and disrespect me and think it's okay. In the middle of us, you know, me trying to remain calm, he tells me that the conversation is over. He grabs his bag and he started heading upstairs to my bedroom. Because all the rooms upstairs belong to me. So, that's when I snapped I told him, you are going the wrong way. You need to get the hell out of my house. He said, huh? I said, yeah, get the hell out of my house. I opened up my side door. I said, leave right now. The words may have been a little bit more than that, you know, but I'm trying, you know, it's a podcast. I'm trying to give it to you guys as, you know, nicely as I possibly can without sounding the way I did that day. So he was like, huh? I said, get the hell out of my house. He told me something, but my stuff is upstairs. I said, I don't give a damn about that stuff. I said, I'll toss that stuff out of this side door the same way it came in, and I wouldn't give a damn how it landed. So I said, you're 18. I said, the stuff you pulled when you were 17, you are not allowed to do it today. I said, today, I can have you removed from my home by just making one call to the police. They will come and they will move you. Because as of right now, you're 18. We are two grown men standing here having a conversation. You're not a minor anymore. Y'all, he calmed down real fast and asked me, 
could we talk about it? I said, yeah, we can talk about anything. But what you're not going to do is stand in my home and disrespect me. I said, when you come across that threshold right there, the only thing you can do is when Mr. Jones tell you to jump, you ask me how high. And I said, and if you don't feel like jumping that day, then you can walk back out that door and never come back in here again. I said, at the age of 18, if you leave my home and said, told me to tell your social worker, don't look for you. You going to stay with a friend? I said, she will not look for you. She will release you from care. And that will be the end of it. I said, now if you pull that stunt and you're 17, we're going to call the police. Um, the agency is going to come over. Your social worker is going to come over. And we're going to look for you because you're mine. I said, but right now you're an adult and we don't have to look for you at all. He calmed down. Like I said, after he calmed down, we had that conversation. I asked him, I said, now what do you want to eat? Because you're not going to tell somebody I didn't feed you. And I left the house and went and got something for him to eat. And ever since that day, he's been respectful. He's called me nothing but Mr. Jones. He's coming to my home. You know, he's cleaning up behind himself. I don't have any issues with that young man. None of the issues that my friend was having at her home. And I cannot stress this to you guys. You have to set the ground rules when they first moved in. It's okay to be laid back, cool, and calm. But sometimes you have to come out of a bag on some of these kids to let them know you are not going to stand for any type of disrespect. Because if you allow them to disrespect you, especially in the first 30 days, and you don't do anything about it, they're going to continue to disrespect you. Have your ground rules your home, the rules for your home, ready to go on that first day. Let them know who you are. Let them know you're not going to put up with any nonsense because I don't play that. And people, you know, in social services, they ask me often, time, often, a lot of times, hey, how are you able to turn them around? I can love on you. I can hug you. I'll give you a kiss goodbye if that's what you need. But you are going to respect my home and I'm not going to accept anything but that. You're not going to disrespect me one time and I'm going to let you get away with it. I don't care about the trauma and the, the stuff that has happened to you in, a, in the past. Because we don't live in a world where your trauma, I mean your trauma means something to anyone. You don't get to go on a job at 20 and say, well, I'm, I'm coming in late. I'm being mean to the customers because of what happened to me in my background. That's not the world we live in. So I must stress to you guys, always demand respect from these young people. And if you do, I'm here to tell you. You're not going to have any problems. You're not going to have problems. And yeah, there are going to be some that's going to buck the system. And I keep telling you, not every kid that you meet will be able to stay in your home. Not every kid. There are some that are so severely damaged that you just cannot manage them. They're going to need a higher level of care. That's why we have group homes. 
That's why we have independent living programs, and that's why we have jails and prisons. Hey, y'all. I'm the Urban Foster Dad, and to please remember, always parent these kids from a place of love, kindness, and understanding. You are listening to the Urban Foster Dad Podcast. All of our content will be true, raw, and uncut. Please ask questions, leave a comment, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode.